Hello and welcome to Movie Go Round, a film discussion podcast that rotates between different themes every week on a five-week schedule. This week's theme is You Did This To Us. Everybody. My name is Brett Stewart. Joining me, watching a movie that you, the audience, did indeed do to us. Nicole Davis, how are you? I'm pretty well, Brett. I, I'm i drinking the hard stuff tonight. I broke, <laughs> <laughs> I broke out the, the Maker's Mark, which is not going to be my whiskey of choice. I was just trying this uh, from a nip that I picked up at the liquor store. Um, because, frankly, this this a quote unquote movie merits it. So therefore <laughs> I'm uh, I'm drinking and that's making everything just a little smoother. There you go. There you go. I have a nice a nice light cider for a summer evening. Um it is it's my Friday technically because well, probably your guys Friday too. I mean tomorrow's the fourth of July. We're recording no you work on the fourth of July, Nicole? No, but I I do go back to work on the fifth of July, which is the oh, actual Friday. That's yeah. That's I took that off. <laughs> I I took a day off. I needed the four days. Well, David Luzader, how are you? Happy almost Fourth of July. Uh, yes, I I will be getting the Fourth of July off. Uh, I am doing well, except I do have to. I have to point out I have spoken to our lawyers, uh, our high crack team of lawyers, uh, and they have told me this was not a movie according to the legal definitions how, how of film. It, what makes it not a movie? Uh, well, first of all, it's under ninety minutes, which I think <laughs> we can all agree keeps gets this right out. I want to know who the person They're who put this short. on. Like there, but there are so many bad movies out there. How did the person that put this on the list find it and right. decide we needed to watch it? That's what I loved about it because this movie, for context for our listeners, you all vote on this. If you've never done it before, you can go on Facebook or Twitter, search Movie Go Round, and every five weeks there's a poll. And you can vote on either the films that did well in previous weeks but did not win. We always add those in just as baselines. Or you can go ahead and add your own movie. Now, this was a film that had been added by a listener at least a week or at least a round or two running now and hadn't won, but it always got a couple votes. So we put it back in just as one of those baseline entries. Sure enough, this time it won. We had a ton of entries this time and a ton of votes and. This pulled ahead out of Romeo and Juliet pulling out of nowhere. And since there was a plus sign in it, I assume they wanted us to watch Boz Lerman. Um And I, I, Tremors, it pulled ahead of Tremors. That that probably would have been par for the course with some of the things we watch for. You did this to us. But no, 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 no. We got Jurassic Galaxy. It came out last year. But next week is the beginning of a new round. It is a new to two round. David is picking the film. David has not picked it at this point. So future me is now going to tell everybody what David picked. And keep in mind, this is a movie that neither myself nor Nicole have seen before. David picked the pre-James Bond Daniel Craig vehicle layer cake. Good pick, David. Uh, <laughs> way, to, way to pull back the curtain on that one. <laughs> 
I'm not entirely sure how to segue that elegantly. Brett's not one for deceptions of sliding it in under the yeah, guise. Yeah, he, he, he has too much guilt for, towards our <laughs> listeners. Like, they'll know. I know. I just can't do it. But Jurassic Galaxy, I don't have too much guilt toward them anymore. Mostly just deep-seated <laughs> frustration. It's more uh, confusion on my part. Yeah. It came out in 2018. Our first vanity project comes in part from the Dual Visions production company, which brought you the Samson Tries to Goat Yoga promotional video. We'll get into that. Jurassic Galaxy mashes, mashes up Pitch Black with Land of the Lost and just a pinch of ravenous as a ragtag group of spacecraft crash survivors must walk 50 miles to reach a working shuttle through hostile terrain filled with three, count them, three kinds of dinosaurs and a planetary atmosphere that's getting on everyone's nerves. Will all of them make it to the safety of the shuttle? And what secrets will be revealed along the way? Nicole, did you have to write this? Is there even a synopsis available? I I did write this just because the other synopses were... <laughs> I love it. Boring, I, know, I, like I, reading this out loud crashes. for the first time, I know you wrote it. <laughs> Just, this has well, Nicole all over it. It's because this movie doesn't exist outside of outside of its title. Topanga's agreeing with me. Yeah. I, I did so much digging trying to find out like some background stuff on this movie. And when you Google it, all it's going to tell you is, yep, this is a movie that came out. Yeah, yeah there's two production companies made it. This is what else those production companies made. I couldn't find... I really wanted to find out what the budget of this movie was, and I couldn't find it anywhere. It, it was released yeah. in, like, France or something? I don't even think it was released here. <laughs> no, of course it wasn't released here. Why? How and why would it have been released here? No, this is the sort of film that they release in Uzbekistan and hope to make their budget back. The, the 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 mystery surrounding this movie and how it got made is more interesting than the movie itself by a mile. Yeah, you're yeah, you're not movie, wrong. It's people walk from point A to point B. That's pretty much it. It's and kind of the Tommy Wiseau of movies, right? It just you don't know its backstory. You don't know what country it even really comes from. Uh, but see, the, uh, the, that comes to a big thing of, of uh, Tommy Wiseau. You know, there are bad movies that are so bad they're good, like The Room, right? Right. And the thing with those is they're usually like there's an earnestness to them. There's like a heart to them. Like, oh, they tried so hard. Yeah, I, like Birdemic, the director was really, he was going for something. He was trying to make a message movie. I don't believe that the people trying to make this movie or the people who made this movie were trying to do anything uh, now, aside from launder money. <laughs> I guess. No, I believe it's, I need, I am not getting any parts beyond biker on the young and the restless. So I'm going to write my own part for my own movie <laughs> and get that made. Yeah. I mean, in order to launder money, they'd have to make money. So I don't know if that would have been a great plot. But no, I'm, I'm, like, they, 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 the, the, the b- b- production budget for this movie is like $2 million. It obviously cost them. Oh, there you go. Okay. Million, if it was $2 million, I will eat my no, hat. I'm saying the budget was $2 million. <laughs> They claim like the, the actual budget used to make this movie was five hundred dollars, and then the rest of that money just mysteriously disappeared in production costs. That is now lining their pockets. Now, the odd thing about this movie is that all three of us really thought like, "Oh, this is an asylum movie." And and for those unfamiliar, asylum 
is the studio that you will know because you've seen all their movies on sci-fi network and it's shark asylum made asylum made sharknado right it's like shark man versus octopus dragon and just like all those kinds of movies are and what asylum they're, makes they're usually really bad but kind of fun yeah right because the thing with asylum is that you have bad movies like yeah, the I mean, room asylum asylum makes knockoffs like atlantic rim is one of their more right. high profile <laughs> love it oh i love it <laughs> but the thing with with like as David was saying, the room is is earnest, right? Like it's a bad movie that was that they were trying to make good, and you can feel the heart in it. And then you have something like Asylum, where they know it's bad and they know it's a ripoff, and they lean into that. And you have those two different styles of bad movie. And then you have this in the middle, which is, I think they were trying. I think they wanted this to be something kind of cool, and maybe just the resources nor the talent were there to pull it off. Like, no, I mean, I. I understand why you would make it. You know, you've been in Hollywood for 25 years. You've been auditioning all the time. You've been working. Goodness knows how many call center and, you know, waiting tables, jobs for and throwing your dignity under the bus 900 times. And you finally say screw it i want to you know i want a starring vehicle i'm gonna write my own i'm gonna produce it even if i have to scrape up the money myself you know this guy he's he he had the the fortitude to write something for himself and put it out there and just say you know even if this never sees a theater i'll have achieved my dream of being in a movie that i wrote no i have the right stuff for this and i'm gonna do it you know i mean kudos to him for you know leading man stubble guy i can't remember his name eric erickson yes eric erickson that's right for that's the actor but we couldn't tell you the characters (laughs) and being one of the starring characters in it you know, kudos to him for having the drive to make this. I will give him all the credit in the world for that. Sure. And he did work with um, a brother director duo named um, John and James Klondike Bar. Yeah, Klondike. Um, and <laughs> oh, it's either Klondike or Klondike. Or- oh, my, my sure. brain filled in Klondike as well. Okay, I'm, I'm not alone. And and they and they've made a lot of these types of movies. In fact, the, I think the the one that I probably would have preferred to watch, if not just out of morbid curiosity, is Snake Out of Compton. Snake Out of Compton. Oh, yeah. Snake yeah. Out of Compton. Guys, Though, go look up Snake Out of Compton. It's, the poster itself is worth it. Though it's I think the Nicole is right. Snake you've ever seen in your life. Though I think Nicole is right when she mentioned that she suspects it's at least a little bit racist. This is not a movie I don't know yeah. I would enjoy. You know, you know, it probably is racist and it's bad for that. But we got to get on this movie for having zero people of color. Okay, yes, but I mean, there's also only like five people in it. Yeah, but you've also got like three corpses. One of the corpses couldn't be a person of color. What the- <laughs> Where is <laughs> my representation? Come on. That's there's the tagline for this movie. There's the there's the t-shirt. <laughs> no, well, the, the tagline. Corpses- <laughs> the tagline was actually <laughs> I had it oh, up I here. I don't know. They were supposed to be extinct. 
What? Um, are they? But it's not what? Earth. Because they're not on Earth. <laughs> Why are they supposed to be extinct? And there's a different tagline in French. In, in and in France, it was called Jurassic Planet. Um, yes. And as we, as we learned very it's a quickly, much more accurate title. But True. also, well, also I think they couldn't go with that because I am also looking uh, Asylum. I'm on Asylum's website for reasons I don't want to discuss. Don't ever look at my search history. They had a film <laughs> Trijassic World or Triassic World. Love it. So and that's the thing is that this naming convention has been used so much, right? We saw what Jurassic Bark was like a was a dog. <laughs> They had um, on, yeah. on 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 I can't even remember the production company that made this. That's not uh, that's not Dual Visions. The other one we were talking about. Automatic. But they, automatic. Automatic had no like, no auto. Was it automatic? It was oh, auto something. This was like yeah, two hours ago. We were entertainment. About <laughs> automatic entertainment has like six <laughs> movies with the word Jurassic in it. And I love yeah, the city, <laughs> the Jurassic games. Yeah, Jurassic which is horror, probably or some sort of like Hunger Games, Jurassic Park hybrid. <laughs> the Jurassic Park is not the classic Futurama episode. It's some sort of. It's like a know, dog. Yeah, dinosaurs and a dog. It's like Airbud meets <laughs> this movie. Yeah, I mean, what's the zombie dinosaur one? That one looks. That cool. one looks kind of cool. And there's also one where there's zombies on the moon. No, zombie dinosaurs on the moon. Um. Oh, the, na- yes. the name escapes yes. me. Now <laughs> they should just call it "Zombie Dinosaurs on the Moon." Why bury the lead? I, I love right. it. Now I do love the, the the lone IMDb review. Well and truly, the worst film I seen. It makes a mockery out of quality Jurassic films. Oh, which uh, <laughs> it's yeah. a genre that- for Jurassic Galaxy. Jurassic. No, no, no. There's more. There are more reviews on IMDb. There's a golden review. Oh, on there's IMDb 11. I see. I had to say click. Galaxy. Is there the nothing in the criminal code for movies like this? <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't. I, I have a hard time saying this movie is a war crime, but have we read the Geneva Convention? No. And here's my bigger well, issue. With you this. know, technically, the United States is not a signatory to the Geneva Convention. It ah, so. doesn't matter. We're in international waters right now. <laughs> <laughs> My biggest issue with the movie is that it's not it's bad, but it's just so boring. It's 75 <laughs> minutes and I was so bored. <laughs> I think I mentioned to you guys that they could have slipped in like a Charmin Bears commercial and I don't think I would have noticed. I would not have noticed. <laughs> at a certain point, your eyes gloss over when they are walking from point A to B to C. Yeah. And now I will I will give them and we're not just going to poo-poo on this movie. Uh there are walking scenes in which the backgrounds are some of the better pieces of design where there's like yep. planets in the sky and different mm-hmm. colors, skies, and apparently floating trees. I miss that. Both yeah, I miss floating, the floating trees, trees too. <laughs> I was so zoned out and tuning out from this movie that I didn't notice there were floating trees in the background. But to be fair, that's the only thing I noticed. I'm sure there's stuff that I missed that you guys saw, and also well, did one- you did you get like the giant t like dinosaur skeleton with the birds flying that out? That was of a mouth? good one. Yeah, yes, that was fantastic. <laughs> okay, uh, like the, the backgrounds are really well rendered. The volcano well, was not atrociously com- bad. No, it's just the compositing that's hideous. The putting it all together and trying to blend it on one in one frame that's just oh, good lord. It's just not good. 
it's halos around everything. Yeah, you can. Oh, oh, and pal. Let's talk about pal. A little yeah. bit. So pal, <laughs> explain pal, David, so people know. Oh, geez. So pal is the robot sidekick, I guess, of this movie. He's only around for about half of it, uh, which means he's in about 40 minutes of this movie. Yeah. Uh, and it's just, it's a little. It's very clearly a sphere on a stick. It's a sphere on a stick. It's yeah, it just, it, it can do whatever the plot needs it to do at the time. <laughs> Uh, yeah, go scan as, for hostiles. Go check this guy's medical sign. Yeah, weld, go. weld this thing. <laughs> right. He has it due at one point, uh, and it is it, it is just very obviously on a stick, as mentioned. Yeah. And there are times where you can tell that five minutes before this movie was being released, somebody was still removing the stick from the shot. <laughs> right. Yeah, they'd have been Mike. I was watching this with my fifteen-year-old, and he was looking at. It, he's like. Why are they showing this so much? The effect is so bad. Why would you have this so in so much of the movie? Well, and they throw a bunch of motion blur and stuff around it to try to yes. hide the well, bad. They could have done better to hang it from a fishing line. Yeah, it definitely <laughs> is. Is it? It's worse than than Luke's like. Obi-Wan teach me how to lightsaber thing, right? In episode four, from 1977. Yes, it's right. Worse than the- but they, it looks they, like they, that. They put in that motion blur so that it's like it's so they it's floating and so you can see like I guess the it, it is putting out so much force to propel itself upward or heat. <laughs> yes, but it's like if you were near this thing, you would be burned. Like you would be able to feel it coming before you ever saw it. And yeah, now you're it gets right in that to... one girl's face for a while. Yes. And... Yeah. Now you're supposed to have some sort of emotional connection to it because it does get damaged or broken or something later on. I didn't even notice when that happened. I don't, I don't know if it happens on screen. I legitimately I don't think do it not. Does. I think they just find it at some point. Someone oh, else should watch sure. this movie and fill us in. Um, don't, don't punish our audience, Brett. Yeah. All righty. We, well, we all had to go through, because we should mention the only way to, to watch this movie is to either rent it off Amazon for at least $5 or to yeah, I paid four ninety nine. Yeah, or to have a Showtime subscription, or sign up for the one week Showtime that's free trial, <laughs> which is also what I did. Yeah, that's what I did. Too. I was not going to pay for uh, this movie. No, 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 no. Yeah. Okay, I would. I, I will amend that. I will say that if you if you're curious about this movie, either get a bunch of people together to watch this, so you can do your own home MST three K. Or ingest some kind of mind-altering substance. We're not going <laughs> to tell you which ones. You decide. Right. Do it responsibly. You decide. Do what's right for you. If you need to have a chaperone, be aware of that. <laughs> yes. If you need a spotter, make sure you've got one. You know, you don't want to. You don't want to overdo it on. The <laughs> Guys, let's talk about the correct way whatever. to do acid. Um, <laughs> No, we so, don't have to so we're actually going to talk about. I had about, watched this sober because I had my kids with me. So twenty minutes yeah. into this episode, I'm going to veer us into the discussion topics. Um, what special effects <laughs> actually work? So I, and these are my my anecdotes. I of all the dinosaurs, the T Rex is is okay ish. The evening yep. spa- space sky boxes are relatively pretty. In isolation, the T-Rex looks good. And then also, I think the beginning and ends of the film, when they have their ships going in and out of orbit, are among yep. the better pieces of work on a shoestring Adobe, you know, 
After Effects budget that they were clearly on. It's, it's the, the space backgrounds look good. It's because they they got those uh, for wholesale from another film and just changed the color or something. I don't know. But the, can we talk about the T Rex? How there's a later on there's a I, I guess a baby T Rex. Yeah. Oh my god! It is just a T Rex. They had screwed up the. I thought that they had screwed up. <laughs> no. Or like that T Rex was very far away. And the velociraptors were much closer. That's what I thought too. No, it is it is the the regular <laughs> T Rex model just shrunk down. Love it. They did nothing right. to so make it seem younger. It's supposed to be a baby T Rex. But I, but I it's, <laughs> yeah. it's just the big one shrunk down really it's small. Just the big one. And like yeah, like like Brett said, it's fine. It looks serviceable. It, yeah. But you can't ignore it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and I realized there's one shot of like the the velociraptors. The raptors look stampeding. So I know. And when they and fight looks, the raptors. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's stolen straight out of Jurassic Park and just looped. Where Daisy, where Daisy is rolling around on the ground. Yes, yeah, where she's supposedly rolling out of the way. Daisy with a with Z. a Z E, yeah. by the way, not an S Y. Sure. Very obviously reacting to nothing in the real world. <laughs> yeah. Now, why is the CGI in a movie like this? considered so bad when last week we watched kung fu hustle and we talked about how even when the cgi wasn't at the top of its game it was charming now is that because kung fu hustle cared i think that's the thing there right (laughs) yeah yeah i think that's kind of the big part of it well i mean they had a bigger budget you know hong kong movies tend to be lower budget than american movies but they they do get decent amounts of money and i know they had huge amounts of manpower for that movie i'm i'm comfortable in saying that at most five people worked on the background effects in this movie for like the dinosaurs two two okay yes (laughs) (laughs) i Um, believe two the credits are very short i think there definitely is a a difference in the sense of yeah you have like a team of people working on kung fu hustle and they are doing like the best they can where this movie it is they farmed it out to some guy who lives in his parents' garage. Yeah, some uh, dude in Reseda. Yeah, who, in his parents' garage. Who, who vapes all day and is like, yeah, I, <laughs> I make I make special effects for movies. Uh, and this is this is what he does. Though the funny thing is but that, like I said, you know, like you were saying, you know, they they look good in isolation. The T Rex looks good in isolation. The Velociraptors look pretty good in isolation. The Pterodactyls, not so much. No. The space well, backgrounds look good in isolation, but yeah, you know the, the compositing is terrible, and I don't know why they couldn't at least, you know, we don't see the ground in a lot of the same shots where there are dinosaurs and people, so there's no reason they couldn't have matted in the dinosaurs a little higher to match the eye lines of what the people are supposed to be looking at, yeah. and instead the people are always looking at least a good foot two feet over the heads of the dinosaurs or off to the left of the dinosaurs or what have you. There's no reason they couldn't have matched that up a little better. The the smoke always looked terrible. The smoke, whenever there had to be like smoke from a smoking ship looked so bad. So one thing I do want to throw out is that interestingly enough, even though this isn't an asylum film, uh, it very much aligns with the same circles. Like this is a this is a yes. segment of Hollywood 
that is clearly close knit to some degree because I'm looking and seeing that you know the uh, both of the visual effects folk have done everything from Sharknado to Zombies to Shark Week to Isle of the Dead behind the walls. Blood Brothers, like all these, you know, asylum-like movies. Um, same thing with the costume designer. There was a costume designer today. I learned. Uh, okay, <laughs> literally, no, literally, literally, the guy who did the music for this movie did the music for Sharknado. Um, the guy who does who did the music for this movie has done like two hundred movies this yeah. year. Yeah, exactly. So far, he, he's using right. yeah, he's using he's, royalty-free music mostly. Right, and then and then it's inexplicably, it's not bad music. And then inexplicably, yeah. the the cinematographer, maybe the only person that probably got paid at oh this point, um, did <laughs> do some work on Alita Battle Angel. So oh, uh, cool. there's a Is movie like you've heard of or something. He did a camera and electrical something. So this is the guy who was in charge of plugging the camera in. That's my guess. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that is honestly, entirely possible. This the the camera work on this i this 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 man should be ashamed um, oh, are sometimes in frame <laughs> the, yeah it's not it's not done oh, no, he was a camera well. operator they're supposed to be lunging at the camera as if it's the dinosaur's point of view yeah every time and that's a very poor choice mm-hmm. well and there's so much slow motion in this movie yeah, it's not it's in the weirdest places they are padding out a 75 minute movie yes okay but the the thing that i found that was interesting about the cinematographer is he's done a little bit of acting the cinematographer <laughs> yeah. has done three roles two of the three roles the name of the role begins with man peeing <laughs> <laughs> There's man peeing, and there's man, man peeing in bathroom. Now, and then currently in post production, he is this guy is had. Currently in post production, he is playing Max. Uh, we will let you know if Max pees anywhere. <laughs> All right, we'll follow up on that. Now, I do want to say in the San Diego Twins that in in uh, Alita Battle Angel, he was a uh, a secondary cameraman, and he's also running mm-hmm. the reference camera. So I assume the camera that the director looks at while filming for Avatar okay. Two. So, uh, well, good for him. James Cameron will view the future through this man's Do eyes. That. Uh, so, Do that. Do that job. Guy. Now, now, did Do they that. forget? Do- <laughs> oh God! Did they forget that there were dinosaurs when they began the whole wretch storyline? Uh, oh, so oh, let, now for. Some groundwork for the viewers, because I really don't expect any of you to go and watch this. Essentially, what happens is after they're all crashed and they're all fighting each other for seemingly inexplicable reasons until we find out that the radiation from the core of the planet, man, is messing with our minds. And uh, they meet a local, uh, seemingly the only man on this on this desolate planet that looks like a California state park named Wretch. Uh, And Wretch, even though. He's clearly someone from Earth or wherever they're from and can speak perfectly fine English. Apparently, when you're left alone for a long period of time, you just devolve in your language. And I don't really. 
the, into a caveman. The radiation, yeah, they wanted to do the uh, them discovering a caveman, but did this the the radiation on the planet turns you hostile? Okay, and apparently sure. Dumb after a sure, while. Sure, I'll that, buy that. That Why is the not? explanation they give in the movie. I'm not saying it's good. No, I'm saying <laughs> that's what the movie is telling. Okay, us. so we have it, yeah, and this, essentially, Wretch is this yeah. is this incredibly gollum like character in the sense that they kind of just find him at an opportune time it's, for him to save them and then lead them into a scary place to try to kill them it's like they realized 40 pages into the script hey nothing's happening (laughs) (laughs) nothing is going on in this movie because the whole point of the movie something to cause drama is that they are walking from point a to point b to get to a pristine rescue shuttle that is parked in the middle of a field that was dislodged in the second half of their crashing spaceship crash yep onto this hostile planet and the the pilot girl, not the one who was piloting the ship at the time, but the the woman who's a pi- young, very young woman who's a pilot, um, knows that there's a shuttle that, by the breakup of the debris, she thinks is about fifty miles <laughs> that way. So they have to go walk that way for fifty miles to go find the shuttle that will get them back up into orbit so they can broadcast a distress signal and yeah um (laughs) what what was what was the the ship the galileo as it was mentioned what was what were they transporting what was that ship doing i don't know well the entire background <laughs> of this of this dare I say Jurassic Galaxy no is non-existent and my favorite yeah. my favorite instance of that that I I tried to get comment on for us but to no avail unfortunately is there's a man in this movie he is discount Mark Hamill um Jonathan Nation. No offense, Jonathan. I'm sure you're a perfectly nice man, even though you didn't reply to me on yes, Twitter. But they, they deliberately styled him to look like oh, Mark Hamill in The Last Jedi. Looks just like him. And uh and yeah. he is this guy that that um Eric Erickson and Pilot Lady stumble upon and are initially hostile with because oh my god, he's a lifer. And they never explain what a lifer is or why we I should thought that care. Was pretty self-evident. Yeah. I didn't I get that. that. Was- I didn't get that. That he was a man with a life sentence. He has like a number tattoo above one eyebrow, which I did not notice until a good 40, 45 minutes into the movie. But are there so many people in this in this world uh, that they've created that they need a specific designation of people who are serving life sentences? (laughs) Well, I I think lifer is also a term that might be used now. That might be a way that people refer to. And, and and I don't I don't know because uh you know my my time in the joint I didn't really interact with those people. <laughs> well, you got the uh, short timers and you got the lifers. The all lifers. right, sure, but he so he's a lifer, and they don't trust him initially, but then they grow to kind of trust him because he wants to die a good man. We hear that like six times. Uh, well, like he's a hostile guy, and then he helps save people, and then he's a hostile guy again. Can we, can we talk about his death? Because his death. Is, when, you know, when he gets when he gets mm, lightly slashed across the chest. Spoilers, Brett. <laughs> what a death, though! What a death! It, it's a death that not only involves a protracted scene of them convincing him he's a good man before he dies, and they leave him to fend for himself as the Velociraptors close in, but he you then know, has to egg them on. So he's kind of trying, you know. Oh, I love him. I wish he would have responded to me on Twitter. He's 
acting so this, in this, this movie. This movie where the characters are heading towards the shuttle the entire time. Then we discover near the end, the shuttle can only take one person. One! Wonder, this gigantic shuttle can only somehow hold one person. I wonder if it's going to take the pregnant woman. I don't know. <gasps> we'll have to wait and see <laughs> what's going to happen. Now, uh, and then, yeah. And then you have people summarily sacrificing themselves <laughs> from, from then yeah. on. And yes. at the end, they're just like, oh, there's three of us. We, we two had better sacrifice ourselves now so the pregnant lady can go. You know, right. And, and that's not, not let's try to run. Let's see if we can find shelter while the pregnant lady runs. No, we're going to turn and, and charge slow this motion. Gigantic pack of dinosaurs. That but- is all three kinds of dinosaurs attacking at once. In co-op, in in concert, which they'd never never done before. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way that they built three of these models. The, what happened was they bought an asset pack from a royalty free website for maybe a couple hundred bucks, and these maybe, were the three dinosaurs that you could chroma key into shots, and all you had to do oh. was drag and drop them. Now, I, yeah, I one of the two one of the two production companies specializes in renting out their green room space mm-hmm. like green screen like hangers you know half hanger size space they're they're they they they, they, they i'm pretty sure there's enough models online on dinosaurs that people could very easily create one and render one and they just had to make three models they had to make a, a t-rex that would look okay a pterodactyl we would see twice in the movie and then a velociraptor who would clip through people anytime it attacked them. Yeah. <laughs> so now let's, let's bring it back to, to reek or not. I'm, I'm thinking reek because I'm literally thinking of this guy as Theon, but we're going to dial back to wretch who is uh, played by Frankie Ray. Um, and he is making some choices in this movie <laughs> as Nicole put in our docket. And uh, that is certainly the case. As I said, he is the golem-like figure that lures you into a false sense of security, and he's kind of crazy and nutty and eventually turns on you. And they realize that his, you know, he was stranded with three people and they got off and he was left behind, but he actually ate them. And he ate them very neatly because their skeletons are completely well-preserved, like a classroom, you know, fake skeleton, which is exactly what they were uh <laughs> they weren't even face they weren't even like they, they were halloween skeletons but they were cgi like they would have <laughs> looked better if someone had gone to spirit halloween store and picked up a couple of just just cheapo skeletons yeah yeah frankie frankie ray is the actor playing wretch and he reminded me a lot of the um, the actor who plays the gyrocopter pilot in Mad Max 2, The Road Warrior, only not as charismatic um, or attractive. And <laughs> um, but it's just he is. You know, I will I will give him that he is committing to this part he is committing to this guy who's been alone on the planet for we don't know how many years who's gone feral basically and forgotten how to talk like a person <laughs> and, and we really do mean the whole like me reek you yeah he, he's Eric remembered Erickson. all the verbs 
<laughs> and all the nouns, but not any of the rest of it. <laughs> you, me, me take ship, go up sky. <laughs> you queen. You queen. Uh, yeah, he pulls. Eat. He pulls the the poor the poor pregnant woman. Her name escapes me. Uh, he pulls her. Gail? Sure, that's fine. Sure, sure, that's good. So he pulls Gail um, aside, and uh, and she's the only one he doesn't seem intent on killing after they discover that he did indeed kill whoever he was also stranded with and eat them. And uh, three other completely intact, perfectly posed skeletons. Right now, now he he does start killing people like fairly effectively with his like. Dinosaur tooth knife, dagger thing. Uh, yeah, dagger of some kind. Right, right. But he does hold on to Gale as his queen. Uh, he is yeah. he is convinced that she is is his queen, and that the he everyone else will be their slaves. Right, but then they, they also throw in an interesting. I, I, interesting don't, they th- don't use the word interesting Brett. They, that's right. they throw in another or die another dynamic <laughs> of the wretch character which is that not only is he completely out to lunch and killed his people he was with and starts killing these people but also prays to the god of the planet that manifests for him in a volcano yeah that sure. makes sense to me and when the a volcano man. erupts, that's when he knows that no, 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 no. He finds out that Gale is pregnant, and he's excited that Wretch is going to have baby Wretch by proxy. Yeah. And then the volcano erupts as if to congratulate him on this outstanding news. Right. Yeah. The the planet is like congratulations. I am going. To, I'll be at the shower. Obviously, yes, I will be the god planet. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Uh. So where is the line where an admirably low budget attempt is just laughably bad and I appreciate that you were trying to make something and totally failed? Because I will say, as much as we want to talk about how bad this is, and it is gloriously bad, uh, sci-fi is a really tough thing to make low budget. And if you're going to commit to trying to make it, it's likely not going to look very good but nicole you had an interesting thought on this that i think is kind of the heart of it i just had a point that you need to know how to work within your budgetary limitations instead of trying to push for something that looks pretty and impressive but definitely requires more resources like for example shane carruth has made two movies for very low budgets. Two science fiction movies for very low budgets. He's made Primer and Upstream Color. And they're both excellent movies. But they don't require any effects. They're science fiction stories that don't involve effects work. I I have a hard time saying that Primer is a great movie. Uh, Primer is a smart movie. Yeah. Primer is an interesting movie. Yeah. And pr- you need charts and diagrams to understand Primer and like five screenings and taking notes. Right. But I watched I watched videos explaining it to me. It's it's yeah. it's realistic um realistic time travel for Right. A, it's what time travel might what it might actually look like if someone somehow accidentally invented yeah. it. 
I, I kind of want to get a warning out there of like if you're just like ah cool low budget sci-fi like this movie's not for everyone <laughs> yeah primers not for everybody upstream colors not for everybody yeah. you really need to have your thinking cap on keep your thinking cap on you devote all your attention to what you're watching <laughs> but back back <laughs> and to you what might be able to follow it yeah back to what you're saying of working within your within your budget like we, you hear that all the time uh, we watched uh, i believe it was for this movie uh, el mariachi right which is a movie that had and works within its budget all the time uh, where Robert Rodriguez in a big way couldn't, and it's not sci-fi, but it's still a movie that's working within its budget. Robert Rodriguez couldn't afford to go back and fix shots. So like the part in the beginning when he gets a coconut and they didn't show him paying for it. So he threw in a line of like, well, it's so great. They just give you coconuts here, uh, <laughs> which I think is unnecessary, but that's someone working within the budget, uh, within their budget of like, well, I can't do that. I can't go back and do what I want to do. What do I do now? And I, there's plenty of examples of that in sci-fi and horror and all that as well. I just don't have any relevant anecdotes at the ready. Yeah, I think well, dinosaurs yeah, like, are uh, off the menu. Jaws famously, the shark model didn't always work, so they worked around it. You know, yeah, they showed absolutely. shots from the shark's point of view. They showed, you know, just the fin. They showed, you know, whatever. They just had the musical cue and used that to create the tension. Yeah, I, I do think that dinosaurs are off the menu if you're going to try to stay within your means and you you can't afford to make yeah. your dinosaurs look. Or show the dinosaurs by themselves. Don't try to show them with Because the we haven't talked about <laughs> the point in the movie in which they just kind of get into hand-to-hand combat with the dinosaurs and start grabbing them of- and flipping them over. Yeah, the, the dinosaurs weigh absolutely nothing, which is beautiful when d- discount Mark Hamill stabs one with a stick and tosses it over his shoulder like it's right. nothing. But the, the best moment in this movie is hands down when the pregnant woman roundhouse kicks a <laughs> raptor in the face. It's beautiful. It made the yeah. movie worth it because I had to watch it. Don't watch it just for that scene alone. No. But it was great. I appreciated it was, it was pretty sweet. I appreciated the, the T Rex eating wretch and Everyone like being really excited and cheering for the T Rex that they're like ten feet away of, from, right? And they kind of like gave the T Rex a nod, like, "Yeah, you did it." <laughs> like I yeah. expected, like, like this playing. is like a seventy ton creature and a like a hundred and fifty pound meal is not going to be enough for this guy, and they had better run. <laughs> yeah. It, uh, it what was what the T Rex on their side in that moment? <laughs> oh sure, I kept, why not? I, I kept why expecting not? them to befriend a dinosaur. That that's the why kind not? of movie this was. I thought right, they were gonna like you, yeah yeah find the little <laughs> Velociraptor that needed a friend. And... Yeah, put that in the movie. Have them making friends with the T Rex somehow. <laughs> yeah, why not? Would it just be the it's Velociraptor model, but shrink down a little bit like the T Rex? I have never wished so hard for a puppet dinosaur head in my whole life as in this movie when they try to have it interact with people. Well, and this, David, you saying they should find the little velociraptor and befriend it reminds me of, um, I can't remember which Jurassic Park it was, but it might have been two where um, the kids are on the beach and then they run off from their parents and they find the little uh, 
cute dinosaurs that can so the compies. Yeah, yeah, and they and they can like you know like like spread their their scales out, kind of like a no, 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 no. You're talking about the, the little dinosaurs that eat them. Yeah, but they can do the thing where like they like spread out like a like a peacock and I don't think go crazy. I don't think that's them. I don't know. I haven't seen. Jurassic You're talking about Park the one that killed Wayne Knight. Yeah, that's a style of dinosaur I'm thinking of. No, that's that was a different kind. Okay, all right. They they look better and they were kind of puppety. So, how do movies like this keep getting made? And I think it, I think part of that is, you know, they have the circles they run in, right? Like all the people that worked on this worked on like thirty other of these movies. Um, that doesn't necessarily explain how they get paid for. But that at least explains right. who's making them. <laughs> well, that's that's my question: is like who is funding these things? Who are they for? Because some of them, I get, you know, some of the Blumhouse stuff, I get some of the cult classicy stuff, I get, but I don't get stuff like this. I rich relatives. I don't know. You know maybe it's tax shelters for. <laughs> I'm telling you, we gotta follow the money, guys. <laughs> and I, but I that's think what we're setting up to do. At the very top I can't of the show, that this movie made any profit. No, 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 and it's also not being subsidized by something like Sci-Fi Network that's throwing money at Asylum to make them stuff. I mean, this we threw at the top of the show, and um, I think it's the most accurate analysis. This is a to call it a vanity project. I think is 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 a little too harsh because. Um, it's not like it's someone that that is making it all about them because all they want to do well, is make it no, about. I mean, I, I imagine the writer didn't pay for this all himself. The if, funding if, for this came from somewhere. If this is a vanity project and this is what Eric <laughs> Paul Erickson came up with, my dude, you're not cut out for <laughs> oh, no. writing movies. Oh, so man. It's, everything about this is derivative. I'm looking enough guy. You know, go go into, you know, go. there is no shame in catalog modeling, man. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but there, there definitely is something, too, about that all these people run in the same circle because a lot of these people in this movie also work on Asylum films. I am looking right now. A lot of them were in the movie Hornet, which is... The uh, the bumblebee is it about a giant hornet. No, it is the bumblebee <sighs> ripoff that the, that asylum. I did. love it. It's but a car. You have, yeah, but you have uh, the the writer of this movie slash hunky guy is in that movie. You have the uh, Scarfy who got killed is also in that movie. Uh, a, ma- our a, man boy, a man that's wearing a scarf. I feel like we didn't even touch on yeah. that, and now we're just nah, referring to Scarfy. <laughs> Yep. Yeah, uh, Doug, Doug's something. He's he's actually done some voice work. I've his name was familiar to me. Yeah, uh, Daisy was in this mo- was is in that movie, uh, and as well as our boy Jonathan Nation. Like the yeah, like you said, a lot of people do run in the same circles. Yeah, and it, it doesn't. <sighs> but it also doesn't seem like. I mean, aside from the fact that you have to pay people to live. Um, it doesn't seem like it was also terribly expensive to make this movie, especially I think the other thing we have to keep in mind is that the production companies making this, either they're renting out camera equipment or they're renting out like green screen rooms and everything like Nicole said. So that could be subsidizing it as well. Um, you know, the, we, we rent out camera equipment and then we on our off time, we use our camera equipment to make bad movies. Um, I feel like that's probably the most likely 
scenario in which something like this gets at least enough money to keep people there during the day. Right. The directors, the production company, the directors work for the Condalic brothers is called dual visions productions. And a lot of what they do is promotional videos, not trailers, mind you, but promotional videos. Like they did one for don't breathe with which was showing people in like um, an escape room in the same style house as in the movie. Don't breathe. Like they showed them the movie first to get them all good and paranoid and then had (laughs) them do the escape room thing. And they, they shot all of that and put the, you know, the, the people trying to escape the escape room while in this heightened state. And they, they slapped that together into a promo. They did a bunch of promos for the, the religious themed movie, Samson, which actually came out in theaters um, they did like four promos for Samson, one of which was Samson tries goat yoga what a for the promo. first time. What a promo. We talked about that at the very oh top of the show in the it description. Is something. It is something. I was just like, <laughs> when I came across it, I was like, wait, what? What? What is this? What are these? What? Yeah, they're not good. I watched, and you know, it's like Samson joins a men's group. Samson, <laughs> you know, like Samson in an encounter group, and Samson does it goes shopping. You know, it's just the weirdest <laughs> stuff. And you know, God love the actor playing Samson. He's he's in it. But why? He's in character. I guess my question is: He's what is interesting? And I realize this is an entirely separate discussion. But what is interesting enough about Samson to put him in goat yoga? He is a dude that fought people because he wouldn't cut his hair. Like I'm guessing that they passed this around to like mega churches. Yeah, and he's hunky. And had them oh, show the, the, them to to stir up interest in the movie. Yeah. Oh, a hundred a hundred percent. Yeah. The the Christian film market is insanely lucrative. That is a discussion for a whole other time. Yeah, but, that's another one with super low budgets versus what they're pulling oh, in. Oh, the but profits case, are they're, they're the profits making can profits. Be insane. Well, I, I will end our show here by letting you guys know that Eric Erickson is a direct descendant of a Viking dynasty, which is something he used significantly in his stand-up comedy routines. Um, so much so that he got nicknamed the Angry Viking, and oh he boy. spent a significant portion of his early career. Is that his Twitter handle? It's a not, but it'd be a great Twitter. Probably taken. Um, he spent a significant portion of his early career as the master of ceremonies in one of Wrigleyville's largest sports bars, working a crowd of thousands of Cubs fans every night. Now, that's what actors do. <laughs> that's how they, a lot of them make their paychecks. Now that, yeah, that's working actors take all kinds of jobs that a lot of us never see. Now, listen, I'm within a stone's throw of Wrigleyville right now, and I don't know if I'm familiar with what the master of ceremonies does at the bar that is separate from like the bartender revving people up. I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent sure what his role was. He's busy making drinks, man. But what is he doing? You gotta have a separate guy. I guess so. Oh my gosh. So Eric Erickson, better luck next time. Uh, do we have any closing thoughts on Jurassic galaxy, a movie that the audience did to us and is almost as long as this discussion. Yeah, it's the if you think, oh man, let's get a bad movie going and have a good time tearing it apart. There are so many other options. 
that I don't <laughs> think this one should even be on the list. I love how that recommendation yeah, just went an entirely different direction. You know, yep. whatever movie you have in mind, go look at the website of its production company and look at the other movies that they make there and find one that's more interesting. Like, I would a thousand percent have rather watched Snake Out of Compton. Yep, and I, I can guarantee you, Airplane versus Volcano, starring Dean Cain, <laughs> is probably more interesting. I sure. love it when two inanimate objects fight shark each attack. other. You know, whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they they have probably made more interesting movies. This is not one of them. Well, in our last, you did this to us round. The audience had us watch step brothers um that one no no that was that was two rounds ago Brad. wow we're really far ahead aren't we okay yeah we (laughs) our last round and we can say it now because this episode will have come out later uh was gods of egypt so anyway step brothers (laughs) Corey wrote in on Facebook, Step Brothers is one of Aaron's favorite movies, Aaron, um, his significant other. And while I've only seen it the whole way through once, I've had it playing upon one of my TVs upwards to five times a week for the last few years. God help you, Corey. I'm mostly in agreement that the humor is more miss for miss than hit for me, save for Catherine Hahn, who stole every single scene she was in. The frat style humor isn't my favorite, but I do think that in comparison to Sandler, uh, when Farrell starts doing it, Will actually looks like an adult man. <laughs> Adam still looked like a kid, which he basically was if you go all the way back. These days, Adam looks like he's aged, but he's played the trope so much that I can't see him as much else. Farrell has the actual air of a grown-up to him if he wants to utilize it. Uh, John C. Riley, I'm pretty sure, was born in his mid-30s. <laughs> but I think uh, that may be why they use um, him to better effect. Anyway, I felt every ounce of pain you guys uh, did with how overall dumb the film is, yet also, like you, find that I laugh a lot. Uh, I get a lot of laughs out of it in spite of myself. And Stay Gold, stay gold Pony Boy belongs in the hall of fame of best deliveries i won't contest that that is a great delivery thank you Corey, for writing in and um i'm sorry i'm, so- <laughs> I'm sorry that you have to continually watch this movie uh but you know uh, what his, his wife Aaron is awesome in many other ways i would have taken stepbrothers over this though like there are degrees of you did this to yeah. us i think Oh yeah, we'll have to we'll have to eventually rank. We should. Maybe we'll do that when we when we reach when we reach a hundred episodes, whatever we want to do. That I think we should yeah, rank I think episode hundred. We'll we'll have like our five best and five worst. There we go. Maybe. Yeah, that'd be good. Well, there so. have only been what? Uh, never mind. We'll, we'll <laughs> cross that bridge. We'll figure it out. Yeah, absolutely. We're getting close. Wow. Uh, but that's gonna do it for myself, David, and Nicole. Uh, next week we're gonna be watching whatever David's new to two pick is. It's going to be in the show notes be sure to check that out and follow along with the show nicole where can people find you online uh you can find me on our facebook page getting into good-natured arguments with relatives of david apparently (laughs) um it's facebook.com slash movie around podcast you can find me on letterboxd uh nicole underscore davis i need to update that i'm not too far behind but i need to update that and um i've i've revived my twitter account a little bit it's at your word whiz 
Y-O-U-R-W-O-R-D-W-H-I-Z. Ah, the beauty of a podcast with several hundred subscribers is that you know pretty much everybody listening in some capacity. Uh, (laughs) You can just kind of like click someone's profile and like, oh, they're friends with Nicole. I wonder who this person is. Uh, But please, by all means, if you are any of those people, especially if you don't know us, write in hi at mgrpodcast.com. But David, where can people find you online? People can find me on the Brokebot Mountain podcast, not this podcast as I did last week, uh, because I sometimes forget which podcast I'm doing. And you can also find me around the internet under the username DavLuz. That is D-A-V-L-U-Z. So Twitter and Instagram, you can find me there. Find all these links at social.mgrpodcast.com. Twitter, Facebook, all that good stuff. You can find us there. We will see you next week for a brand new round with New to Two. David's pick. We'll see you then. Mm-hmm.